The following audio is from Emmanuel Baptist Church. More information about Emmanuel is available at our website, www.myemmanuel.net. prayer uh, this morning, and uh, let's dive into what the Lord has for us today, okay? Father, we give you glory and honor and praise for all you are and all that you've done. We thank you for these souls that were saved through Ecuador. We praise you for these souls that are going to be saved this week. Lord, and we ask, we plead, will you please do a work in our hearts as well? Will you please do a work in Billings, Montana? Will you please do a work in this room right now that, um, that lives and souls will be changed and transformed through your word? Because for us to come here to church and hear your word and walk out the door, not any different. It's a waste of time. And so we want to submit ourselves to what you have for us so that you change our lives for the good, for your glory and your honor. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to be in the book of Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. So if you have your copy of the scriptures, uh, go ahead and turn with me. Proverbs chapter 2. And I've titled my lesson this week, um, No God no work, and no wisdom. No God, no work, and no wisdom. Let me begin by asking you a question. Do you ever feel overwhelmed in your day-to-day life by the amount of choices and decisions that you have to make? I mean, what time are you going to get up? What time are you going to go to bed? What are you going to wear? What are you going to eat? When you go to the store, what are you going to buy? Where are you going to go on vacation? Where are you going to work? Are you going to work? And what about church? Are you going to go to church or not go to church? Are you going to pray or not pray? Are you going to read the scriptures? Are you going to give? Are you going to go? Are you going to join a life group? All day long we have these choices and decisions that we need to make. And so I wonder, how do we make these decisions? Or how do people generally make decisions? I mean, lots of folks simply make decisions based on emotions, right? I feel like doing this. You ever said, I don't feel like exercising today, so I'm not going to. (laughs) I feel like eating this piece of cake because it looks good, tastes good, and I don't care what my diet says. A lot of us make decisions based on feelings and emotions. Maybe some of you uh, make a pros and cons list, okay? Yep, it'd be a good thing to do this because of this reason, but it wouldn't be a good thing because of this reason. And you sort of weigh it out, and then based on more pros, you make the decision, or more cons, you make the decision. Maybe some of us ask wiser people, or we we simply live in the moment and follow our hearts. You know, you only live once, right? So you might as well do what feels good. Now, as I talk this morning about wisdom, I want you to understand that this is more about my pursuit of God and wisdom than it is about me sort of thinking I have these amazing nuggets of wisdom to share with you. That would be silly for me to stand here and, and, and make you think that I have everything all figured out, because I don't. So this talk comes from my heart and what I'm going through in my own life as I pursue God and I pursue wisdom. And so my hope and my prayer is that today you would decide to join me in our pursuit of God and our pursuit of wisdom. Now let's take a quick poll. Okay, show of hands, who here wants to be wise? Okay, some of you are like, this is a trick. I know it's a trick. I'm not, I, I don't know what to do. 
And yeah, it kind of is. So just to let you know. So those of you that raise your hand, you're hooked. So um, dive in. Here we go. So if you want to be wise, okay? And I could ask the same thing. Who here wants to be a fool? And, and no hands likely would go up because the reality is none of us wants to be a fool. All of us want to be wise. We want to make good. We want to make right decisions. And so let's talk about what scripture has to say about that. My hope today is that uh, this would be a springboard for us as we decide to work hard together to get to know God and his wisdom. Proverbs 4 verse 5 says this very clearly. It says, get wisdom. Get wisdom. You, you don't need a bunch of Bible tools to tell you what the original you know, language has to say and, and sort of go through each verb and analyze it. No, get wisdom, it says. In Job chapter 28, Job asks this question, where does wisdom come from? And later on in the chapter, he answers his own question. He says it comes from God. So the first thing I want you to understand here this morning through uh, this passage is that knowing God leads to knowing wisdom. Knowing God leads to knowing wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and understanding. And so if we want to get to know wisdom, we have to get to know God. Now, when we think about getting to know somebody, um, we kind of have to think about who the best person is to go to to get to know that person. Let me illustrate for you. Uh, when I was uh, dating my wife, when I began dating Kim, uh, man, I was really excited. I was infatuated. I wanted to know everything I could know about this girl. She was just amazing to me. And I couldn't believe that this, mainly it was because I couldn't believe that this girl would be interested in me. But anyhow, um, and so what I did is I spent a ton of time with her parents. Man, I got to know her parents. I got to know Kim through her parents. I asked them questions and so on and so forth. And then I spent a bunch of time with her best friends. Man, I hung out with them all the time. I talked to them. I got to know them. I, I dialogued with them. I said, I want to know what Kim's all about. I want to know what she's like. You know, but I didn't spend any time with Kim. Now, how silly would that be? How silly would that be for me to spend a boatload of time with Kim's parents, her best friends, her siblings, coworkers, but not Kim? And so if we want to know who God is and who, what his wisdom is all about, we have to spend time with him through his word and through prayer. Exodus chapter 34, starting in verse 6, God describes himself. So if we want to know God, we ought to go to his word and see what he has to say about it. God says this, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. God is the best descriptor of himself. If you want to know God, you have to go to his word and you have to go to him. And if you don't, we come up with all these sort of silly ideas of what God's really like. We think things like, man, things must be going really good right now, so God must really like me. Or we think, man, God must really hate me because things are going bad. We met a student while we were in Ecuador. His name was Manrique. 
And Manrique was supposed to come with us on our youth camp, but at the last minute, he found out that the dance troupe that he was with had a competition. So he skipped the camp, went on the dance trip. Well, one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to connect with the students that were, that were on the list to go to the camp, but weren't able to go. Because some of you sponsored those students, and so we wanted to tell them about Jesus. So we met Manrique, we gave him a Bible, started talking to him about the Lord, and uh, Manrique said that uh, when he went on his dance trip, something bad happened. He got his bag stolen. Now, young people in Ecuador don't have a lot, and so this represented a good portion of what Manrique owned as a 19-year-old in Ecuador. His phone, his wallet, his clothes, most of what he owned was gone. And he said to us, he said, I think that God was punishing me for not going to the camp and choosing to go to the dance troupe competition. And I said to him, Enrique, do you think you would be thinking about God at all if your bag had not been stolen? He said, no. No, I don't think I would. And I said, is it possible that your bag was stolen because God wanted you to think about him? He said, yeah, I, I suppose that is possible. And so we began to talk to Manrique and tell him that he's valuable in the kingdom of God and that perhaps God was just simply trying to get his attention through this bad circumstance. And Manrique came to our, our community events and the last night through one of our students, Justin Manrique, and another one of Manrique's uh, dance partners who also had his bag stolen gave their lives to Jesus Christ. So their bag was stolen. Why? so that they could get to know God. And so our ideas that we have about God, we need to align those with what the word of God has to say so that we think about God correctly. So we don't think God must be punishing me because this bad thing's happening. No, that's not necessarily true. Maybe God's just trying to get your attention so that you think about him correctly, so that you represent him well. I find it interesting in Luke chapter 2, at the end of the chapter, after Jesus um, is uh, discovered in the temple or left in the temple, it says this, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Isn't that interesting that Jesus had to increase in wisdom? Did you know that Jesus, as an infant, um, wasn't able to walk or talk or feed himself? Did you know that Jesus at five years old was not a master craftsman or a carpenter? Did you know that Jesus had to learn and grow in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man? Jesus says often in the scriptures, I don't do anything except for what my father tells me to do. I don't say anything unless my father tells me to say it. So if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us, right? James chapter 1 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, uh, which is everybody, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously. God gives wisdom generously when we ask by faith. So knowing God leads to knowing wisdom. The second thing I want you to understand from this passage is that knowing work leads to knowing wisdom. Not only do we have to know God, but we have to work at finding his wisdom. Uh, look at Proverbs chapter 2. Starting in verse 1, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. It says this, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, 
then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And so right off the bat there in verse 1, we have the first step to receiving and understanding wisdom and pursuing God. It says, my son, if you receive my words, okay? Receiving something doesn't require a lot of effort on our part, does it? If someone gives you a gift, all you have to do is reach out and take it, and then it's yours. And I think that God's talking about base-level common-sense wisdom, okay? Things like, don't go to the left on a roundabout. (laughs) Things like, don't pet buffalo, okay? (laughs) Things like, don't steal from your employer, Things like go to work on time at your job. And yet our world is filled with people who struggle with even some of these common sense wisdom nuggets that we laugh at, right? You know people who don't have any common sense at all. All we have to do is simply receive it and apply it. Now, in verse 1, it says, and treasure up my commandments with you. Okay, this is a little bit different. This is like forming a wisdom savings account, okay? You know people um, who, who live paycheck to paycheck. They receive their money, they spend it all. They receive their money, they spend it all. They receive their money, they spend it all, okay? Here, we're talking about receiving wisdom, saving some of it, and spending some of it, and remembering the wisdom that we earn so that we can use it in future events. Let me give you an example. This week, uh, my wife and I started car shopping, and we decided it's time to upgrade our van, and so we're getting the process going. And as you know, going to car dealerships is a joy. <laughs> so, um, so we stopped at the first one, and, and we prayed to God, and we said, God, we know you have the right vehicle for us, and we're trusting you to provide it. Amen. So we hop out of the car. And we begin that process. Now, um, here's the amazing thing about our wisdom savings account. We know that God has provided our previous vehicles for us beautifully, perfectly, and supernaturally. And they have met our needs and we've been able to use them to his glory and honor. And so that's exciting for us because then we know that car shopping is not a drudgery anymore. It's simply an exercise of faith and say, God, how are you going to show up? I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the car that God has for us because I know it's coming and I know he'll provide it and I know it'll be perfect for us. You know why? Because we have that wisdom savings account built up because he's met our needs in the past and we've trusted him in the past. And maybe some of you today, you need to say, okay, I know in the past God took care of our needs. Then why am I worried about how he's going to take care of our needs in the future? Why am I worried about God's promises where he says, if I trust him with my tithe, my top 10% of my income, why am I worried that he's not going to provide for me? When scripture says he will open the floodgates and bless you. Treasuring up wisdom doesn't take a lot of energy, but it does remember how simple stuff helped us out in the past. Now, it gets a little harder here in verse 2. It says, making your ear attentive to wisdom. Okay, most of us in this room are old enough to know the difference between good music and bad music. We know the difference between good singing and bad singing. We, know, we, we can tell when somebody is a little off-key, okay? And so we know the difference. Our ears are tuned to that music. You ever been in a restaurant and you're having a conversation with a friend of yours or a family member, and all of a sudden you hear a song that you know and you like, and you just start singing along to it? And your friend's like, what are you doing? You're like, I love this song. I love it. 
And they're like, I didn't even know they are playing music here. Because your ear is tuned to that music. In the same way, Scripture says we need to tune our ears to hearing what's wise and recognize that sounds wise and that sounds foolish, so I'm going to do this. Verse 2 goes on to say, if you incline your heart to understanding. Now it's getting harder. This takes more work. Inclining your heart means taking your will and your intellect and focusing it on what's wise and what's good. It's not an emotional response. So what does your heart desire? Does your heart desire wisdom? Does it desire God? Does it desire righteousness? Or does your heart truly desire self and foolishness and wickedness? Jeremiah 17.9 says the heart is deceitful and wicked above anything. Who can understand it? You know, perhaps today you've been saying to yourself in many different ways, I should do this, or I need to start doing that, or I should stop that. Maybe you're saying, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I should start reading my Bible on a daily basis, or yeah, I should start praying, or yeah, I need to to stop uh, spending so much time on my phone and no time in God's Word. And I want to encourage you this morning to take your heart and incline your will to what is wise and good, and turn your I should to's and I need to's into I will's. And I want to encourage you to join me in that. Can you imagine what a transformation that would make in your life and mine if we turned our I should to's into I wills and our need to's into I wills? Verse 3. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Now we have a little bit more desperation in the mix, don't we? Now we're... Now we're drowning, and we realize we really need help. I love the story of the two blind men on the road in uh, Matthew 20. Jesus is going into the city. There's a crowd of people with him. These two blind men are sitting there on the side of the road, and they hear the commotion, and they start asking questions. What's going on? Who's coming? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. And they say, I've heard that he's healed blind people. He can, he, he can, Jesus, he can, Jesus, son of David. And they start shouting. And they start shouting, Jesus, have mercy on us. And the people in the crowd are telling him, shut up, be quiet, stop it. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your blindness. So be quiet. And all it did was make them bolder. And they're like, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. Please. And Jesus stops what he's doing. And he comes over to two blind, insignificant people in the world and says, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, We want to see. We want to see. Do you have that level of desperation when it comes to seeking after God and his wisdom? Or is your your attitude toward wisdom kind of lackadaisical, you know, like, like, gee, I hope some wisdom falls out of the sky into my lap today. Or, gee, I hope I win the wisdom lottery I think scripture is telling us that we need to be desperate every day for the wisdom of God. Otherwise, we're going to wreck our lives. And many of you, many of us, have made a pretty good mess of our lives through doing foolish things, haven't we? Verse 4 says this, If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, it gets harder. God's asking us to mine for his wisdom. 
This is the deepest level of working for wisdom. It, 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 it requires hard work, digging, sifting, sweating, laboring, being fatigued, worn out, losing sleep, losing the things that you desire, and utilizing many tools and chasing after and chasing after. There's a reason that wisdom is likened to precious jewels and treasures. I read a quote this week that I thought was pertinent. It says this, The scarcest, rarest, and most valuable resource in the world today is wisdom. I'm going to read that again. The scarcest, rarest, and most valuable resource in the world today is wisdom. Now, man, I know it's Father's Day, and I'm going to pick on you a little bit, but I think sometimes we tend to look, like, look for wisdom like men look for the mayo in the fridge. We open up the fridge door, and we're like, Hon, where's the mayo? And we spend about two seconds looking for it, right? And then our wives graciously come to the fridge, and they move the sour cream, and they move the cottage cheese, and they unveil this portal to this magical land called the back of the fridge. Have you heard of this place? It contains many treasures, unseen. And lo and behold, there's the mayo in the back. And I think that sometimes we search after wisdom like, like we look for mayo in the fridge sometimes. You know, we have a big decision to make in our life, and, and, and if... If we open this, if we open the Bible, if we look to God, sometimes we just do kind of one of these things like, okay, here's Ezra. That's got a bunch of, yeah, I don't know, it's First Kings. I'm not really sure. Jeremiah. Man, I don't know. This, this book of Habakkuk, Hab, I can't even say that word. Um, I'll just kind of do whatever I feel like. Maybe I'll ask my friend. Maybe I'll just go on emotion. But this is kind of the way we search after wisdom sometimes, isn't it? We just kind of haphazardly, lackadaisically try to look for some wisdom. And if we don't get it within the first five minutes, then we're on to the next thing. Or we just make some snap decision. You see, nobody wins the wisdom lottery. Wisdom takes pursuing God and pursuing uh, hard work and God will reward you. And that's the third point this morning, is that God rewards those who know him and know hard work. God rewards those who know him and know hard work. Look at verse 5. It says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives knowledge, and from his mouth come uh, knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you, and understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. So God rewards those who know him and to work and to know hard work. So first of all, in verse 5, it says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Um, who here can tell me what the fear of the Lord is? Well, for me to simply tell you what the fear of the Lord is, that wouldn't be doing you any favors because the fear of the Lord is something that we search after and we begin to understand as we get to know the Lord. So for me to simply tell you what it is would not be helpful for you because this knowledge comes from pursuing God and working hard to pursue his wisdom. 
verse 7 says he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. I mean, I can imagine God in heaven with just these warehouses full of wisdom ready to pour them out on us. And he encourages us to buy in bulk. It's like a wisdom Costco. He has them stored up for us in his warehouses in heaven. Verse 7 also says he's a shield to you who walk in integrity. Attacks are going to come. Attacks in life are going to come from your coworkers, from your family, from the government, from yourself. And wouldn't it be great to know that God and his wisdom are there guarding you, being a shield for you, watching over you, like your own special security detail, like Kim Jong-un's, you know, jogging security force, and so on and so forth. Ready to put the smack down if attacks come. Verse 9 says this, Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path. Wouldn't it be great to like have the ability and the wisdom to make right decisions like a lot of the time? I mean, our world is filled to the brim with information. I mentioned to you that I'm car shopping. And I, I just I think car shopping is the weirdest thing because you have all of these like tens of thousands of vehicles and you know you narrow it down to a make a model a year mileage price and when you go car shopping it's like the sky's the limit but at the end of the deal you've just bought one and in order to do that process correctly i want to have the wisdom of god so that i don't make a silly decision and buy a jalopy okay i don't want a lemon and wouldn't it be great to have the wisdom of god to know what to pay attention to in the information and what to reject Verse 10 says this, wisdom, uh, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. How many of us find pleasure in the things of the world and not in wisdom? I mean, how awesome would it be to start loving wisdom and finding pleasure in stuff that really matters instead of silly earthly things? And maybe for some of us, a commitment for you today would be like, I'm just going to put down technology for this week. I'm not getting online I'm not watching any movies. I'm not watching any TV. One week, I'm pursuing God, and I'm pursuing his wisdom, and that's all I'm going to fill my mind with. I imagine your life would begin to be transformed simply by doing that for a week. Verse 12 says this, delivering you from the way of evil and from men of perverted speech. At the beginning, I asked who wants to be wise, and you all raised your hands, well, most of you. And you said, I want to be wise. I legitimately don't want to be a fool. I want to be wise. And being wise means you, be, you get delivered from the way of evil when you know God and you know hard work and you pursue him and pursue relationship with him. Now, I think something that's helpful for me is to sometimes read these scripture passages in the opposite way. And so I want to do that for you. I'm going to read through this uh, verse 1 through 12, but I'm going to read through it as if somebody is not pursuing God and not pursuing hard work or wisdom. You see, because to know God and know hard work is to know wisdom. But if you have no God and no work, you get no wisdom. Scripture reads like this. My son, if you reject my words and you don't treasure up my commandments within you, if you don't make your ear attentive to wisdom and you don't incline your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for folly and raise your voice for wickedness, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will not understand the fear of the Lord and you will not find the knowledge of God. 
For the Lord gives wisdom, and his mouth comes knowledge and understanding, but he will not store up sound wisdom for you, and he will not be a shield for you. He will not guard your paths, he will not watch over you, and you will not understand righteousness, justice, and good things. Wisdom will not come into your heart, knowledge won't be pleasant to your soul, and discretion will not watch over you, understanding will not guard you, and you will not be delivered from the way of evil for men of perverted speech. So I believe that God presents this, I don't want to call it a formula, it's too easy, that God presents this, uh, uh, this idea, his idea, out of love for us, that if we want to be wise, and you all said you did, that we have to know God, and we have to pursue relationship with him, and we have to work hard at it, and God promises to reward us. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that um, you've given us everything that we need to live a life of love and godliness. And forgive us, Lord, so often we choose foolishness and folly and silliness. When you're offering us wisdom and knowledge and understanding, if we just pursue you and work hard at it, be consistent and walk in a way worthy of the calling that we received, you will open up the floodgates and bless us with your wisdom. We want to be wise. We don't want to be fools. I pray that you would help us to make commitments, even today, to pursue you and your wisdom. I pray this in Jesus' name. Well, by way of benediction, the scripture says, uh, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Happy Father's Day. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to audio from Emmanuel Baptist Church, located in Billings, Montana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Emmanuel, please visit us online at www.myemmanuel.net.